Welcome, my name is Amapola Ramirez and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. In this podcast, I talk to you about my life as a Chicana and I also share with you my knowledge. I strongly believe that unidas creamos cambio. Vamos a empezar. Welcome Chicana Moms. Thank you so much for clicking and tuning in to Chicana Moms podcast. This episode um, that I have ready for you, it is amazing. You are going to really enjoy it because you're going to learn of something very special. (laughs) I'm going to keep you in suspense, but I think you have an idea what it is already. But before I get into that, summer is here. El verano Oh my goodness, every time I think of the summer, I think of the times my family, like growing up, we would go to the playa and it's crazy, but oh my God, is it just us? No, I'm pretty sure there's other other cultures that do that too, but we take like Cobija San Marcos, we take Las Ollas, we take the carne asada, las sillas, el mantel, la mesa, we take everything to the beach, like Seriously, it's kind of like we take the whole kitchen or the whole entire house to the beach and then we know how to pick up. I mean, I don't know. I'm talking about my family. We're pretty good at knowing how to pick up and then put things back together. But it's just a mission because parking's crazy in the summer when you go to the beach. But it is a really nice place to be, like being in tune with nature. And it's just awesome. I don't know. I love it. There's some people that don't like going to the beach because of the sand. But let me tell you. You're not, like, the sand is not going to kill you. Like, I mean, we hope not, right? But, of course, you're going to get sand in other places in your body that you're like, what the heck is sand doing in here? (laughs) Or, you know, like, in food, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But if your kids love going to the beach and you don't, just, it's okay sometimes to sacrifice. It's not like I'm going to live there, you know, just for a while and put a lot of sunscreen on. Um, I have a goddaughter, and she's like, like más morena que yo. And I told her, do you like going to the beach? And she's like, kind of, yeah, and kind of no. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I like it because it's like it's nice, but I don't want to go because I don't want to turn black. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, she's like, I don't mind. I love my skin color, but it's just like, I don't want to get darker. You know what I mean? She's a teenager. So obviously, like the way she's expressing herself, she's just very blunt. She's like, I just don't want to get darker than what I am. Um, and, you know, I talked to her about her, her skin color and I tell her, you know, you're a morena, you're a morenasa. You have like this beautiful skin. Um, and she's like, yeah, I know. I know. But you know what? Sometimes when I hear her speak or other kids, I always get an input of them complaining about something about their appearance. And in my part, I try my best to embrace them and tell them, you are very unique. You're beautiful the way you are. And talking to our adolescents, you guys, and our young kids, if they're not adolescents yet, like inspiring them. We're not here to change them. We're here to embrace who they are and to accept them. And that's why a lot of these young kids end up committing suicide because they just feel like they don't belong. Instead of criticizing them and telling them, like, ay, estás loco, lo que estás pensando, estás loca, and we shut them down versus like, okay, hold on, it might sound crazy, but let me hear a little bit more as to what is it that they want to share. Um, I have a 17-year-old, and he's very chill, he's very expressive. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, my patience. But I check myself and sometimes it's just like easier said than done. But majority of the time I can say that I hold myself back because I'm just like, I remember when I was a teenager and I think I was worse. I was totally worse because growing up I was rebellious. I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. I mentioned this many times in the podcast. Now, obviously it's very different. I'm an adult. I set my boundaries. There's so much love and and respect that we have. I mean, don't get me wrong. My mom sometimes like, she tries to regulate, but that's just the way she is. She's always going to be my mom. I'm always going to be like her little girl in her eyes. So it is going to be challenging for her, challenging for her to, to let go. And you know what? I don't want her to let go. I don't. I think as adolescents, 
like for us moms now, when we were adolescents, we used to say just like fudge, you know, like let me go, just like let me be, let me be independent. I get it. There is that sort of want to just allowing us to grow and be responsible instead of being dictated. But now as an adult, like I don't want my mom to like go. Like there's certain things I'm like, hey, calmate, you know, mom, like, como que bájale. <laughs> mucha salsa a su taco, you know, kind of thing. But, well, I still, I still need my mom. I want my mom. And no matter what relationship her and I had, it's okay. It, it is what it is. Now it's different. It's about changing it and do, making it better. Because I don't ever like to think of the day that I will not have her. So I think many of us probably grew up and like you could relate with my story where you clash with your mom or you clash with your dad and at some point we needed a mentor in our lives to be able to guide us to find that path of like okay am I like messing up here what do I do in life how do I make healthy relationships how do I cook what about my period what about sex what you know all these topics that sometimes some parents have so much shame to talk about and today in this podcast, you guys, I want to introduce to you a beautiful ladies that create amazing work and they're going to share with you uh, why they started. And it is a mother and a daughter. Um, it was the mother, uh, I'm sorry, the daughter's idea and the mother was there to support and they're going to talk to you about that and really, really take in because for all of you moms that have young girls this program or I should say this all oh, this program and this episode is for you highly recommend them so I'm not gonna do any more of the talking so let's just get started Welcome Chicana Moms. So today I have two beautiful ladies that are here um, to share something very wonderful and I'm going to let them introduce themselves so that you have an idea of what they do and who they are. Hi, um, thank you for having us. Um, my name is Celeste Rojas. I'm currently, I'm the founder of Girasoles and Marcha. Um, also an incoming sophomore at UC Berkeley studying global studies. Um, I run a community outreach program that aims to young Latina girls ages five through nine alongside my mom. Hello, um, my name is Monica Garcia. I'm the mom of Celeste and I currently work as a special ed uh, behaviorist at LAUSD and I'm also the program coordinator of Girasoles en Marcha. Nice. Well, welcome. It's like an honor to have you here at Chicana Moms to be able to share what you do. And we're going to get into these really great questions so that you can share with all of those moms, with uh, young girls that can be part of this amazing program that you guys started. So uh, let's start with the first question. Okay, so tell us how did Girasoles en Marcha start? Um, Girasoles and Marcha began in June 2015. Um, I was a rising sophomore in high school and I wanted basically like I felt there was a need to learn um, multiple identities and multi like your multicultural identity especially as a Latina and a Latina born in the United States. Um, I grew up with my with an indigenous grandmother who most of the time I was hearing three languages in the house Spanish English and Zapotec so obviously growing up not since when I started hitting my teenage years it felt weird knowing which place I felt onto and and where I belong more or less um so that's the root of this program why it began because I felt I wanted to bridge that gap oh nice um yeah and also, like an, another factor that like in like fueled mm -hmm. the fruition of the program was my mom. Um, she went to school at Cal State LA. She got her bachelor's in Spanish, and nice. her just coming home every night telling me about what she learned, um, just she lessons, you, right? just like even little rants we would yeah. have, 
that inspired me, you know, knowing history through her, our Latin American history through her. Um, so yeah, basically that would began the root of GEM. And our mission statement is um, to inspire positive identity for young Latina girls Good. through the preservation of cultural heritage, um, to build self-esteem and explore the various paths of leadership. Nice, nice. Mom, did you want to add something to it? I I just want to say that when she came up to me and told me, um, I was just kind of telling her what I was learning at Cal State LA. I, I was a single mom for for about seven years with her. Um, I became a single mom when she was six months. So I went to to college at a later age. I did not get my bachelor's till 2016. So it's very recent. And uh, <laughs> thank you. And so when I um, was learning everything, I was so excited. You know, you're at a more mature age yes. and, and you go to school to really learn and, 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 and really, you know, take it all in and just um, with with just no expectations, but just to learn. And I would come and tell her everything. And when she told me, like, she wanted to do this yeah. program because she wanted other girls to know all to get all excited about their culture like she's getting excited uh like how she was getting excited I was like thinking she's crazy <laughs> but she's all like I want to do this because now that I know more about my cultura because you have taught me like everything you're learning because you know kids don't really learn ethnic studies till college and yeah. Chicano studies class mm -hmm. so everything I was learning it, like in college, it's like I was teaching her, like she was learning the Little college pieces, co yeah. college information. At, and so she was like, it empowered her more about her identity. And so she wanted to empower other girls her age. And she's all like, I want to do this. I, I want to start something so other girls could, you know, and you know, I, I honestly was thinking, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I, I just said, I'll just, okay, I'll give you any information you need. Yeah. And that that was that so nice it's so nice because that type of work that you're doing is so needed because like you said the girls of color you know um i remember also growing up like not feeling like where do i fit in like where's the information from like my roots and now it's like you are giving that opportunity to all those young girls that you they look up to you you know, it, sound, it sounds to me that's what they're doing too. Because oh, as they're hearing you. you speak, they're just like, I want to be like her. Like you mentioned, they don't want to leave once they turn a certain age. You're yes. like, oh my God, right? But thank you for um, sharing that part of how it started, the history of Girasoles and Marcha. Okay, so, you know, starting a program is not easy. Obviously, you know, it's like so many sacrifices. Sometimes you want to give up. But what has been the challenges uh, with Girasoles and Marcha? Um, well, the first challenge and for starting this was the fact that I was only like 15, just turned 15. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just getting that, reaching out for that support towards other people to believe in my program, to yeah. believe in me. Um, obviously, I didn't really, I just had, I was still in high school, so I didn't really have any like credentials or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was like a huge thing. You feel intimidated. Yeah. With the whole, you know, thing that you were trying to create, right? Yeah, definitely. There's moments when I felt like, can I even do this? You yeah. Know? Um, will people even listen to me? Mm -hmm. um, because it is something, a big step of what I'm doing. And um, so, yeah. And, and it's because of that also, like, that came into play with getting people to come, getting parents to come, you know, getting, like, participants in my program. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, and, that was a big challenge. And the services are free? Yeah, oh, it's okay. free. It's okay. completely free. So sometimes people are like, is it really free? <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, is no. it really? Right? But that's good. So everything, everything in the program is free, all the services. The challenges was definitely the validity of the program because they didn't believe in her mission or her passion behind it. Yeah. Um, you can't believe in somebody's passion unless you really see them and, 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 and spend time with them for a while. Yeah. And I knew of her passion and I told her in order for you to do this, you need to be kind of professional about it. You need to start a website mm -hmm. and, and it takes money, you know, yeah. even if you're doing things grassroots. 
um, I want to say this very important part, which I might get teary-eyed, but okay. um, Celeste, all through high school, never carried $1 in her pocket because all her birthday money, all her Christmas money went to Girasol's website to make her email just to look more professional so she could get validity. She walked around all through high school without one single dollar in her pocket. You know how kids have allowance and they have some money just in case, yeah. you know, se le antoja un elote yeah. or they yeah. want to eat some, but she carried nothing. And that was her choice because she, that was how passionate she was about the program. Um, she was known as like, like, you never have any money, like, you know, and her parents and her friends would treat her to stuff because they knew Celeste never has any money. Yeah. But um, Celeste, Celeste is very reserved and humbled, so she never, nobody even knew what she was doing on the mm. side. None of her friends knew. Uh, so um, they didn't know why she didn't have any money because the the money that grandparents would give her or anything, everything would go like to the you know websites yeah. monthly fees the right. emails monthly fees the materials for the yeah. girls um and then i would help out so so it just you know it was a challenge yeah. because just knowing like i want to give her money for herself but she's not going to use it for herself yeah and um also um that's i couldn't help her too that was a challenge for the first year i couldn't help her because Celeste has a younger sister, they're 10 years apart, and I was, you know, focused on her younger sister, focused yeah. on school, so I had my hands full. I was yeah. a full-time student trying to go back to school, so that was one of the challenges at the beginning, just nice. starting the whole thing. Everything is like grassroots. Oh, yeah. Um, Celeste networking to all people like now that she had her email, Celeste at Girasoles en Marcha, I looked yeah. more professional, so now she would network so many closed doors so many people ignored our emails or saying sorry we can't like yeah. uh and and it's part of the work yeah. you know and and um and it, and so that was another challenge just starting to get community partners and yeah. um networking right yeah but you know god always sends amazing individuals on your yeah. path the ones that should be there and yes. and so um we found um an amazing artist named Meli Troches, mm. and she's from Honduras, and she volunteered to give us a face to our name, and she did our first logo. Oh, nice! And and um, for free, like so that helped. And then our first community partner uh, was, I think it was the Science Center that okay. granted okay. us a field trip for the girls for free. I oh, think that is so nice. I think it was like the Pixar yeah. exhibition, Love something that. at the time. So, little by little, yeah. the challenge, the challenges got they less. Decreased, yeah, huh? they decreased, and it was never giving up. But like you mentioned um, earlier to me, and well, to your mom, that sometimes you were like, "Oh my God, I just want to give up." <laughs> Do you remember that one specific time where you're just like, "Ah, I can't see that way. That's it." <laughs> yeah. Um when we would put up flyers like in like around the neighborhood mm -hmm. about this new program that we held like four sessions where no one showed up when it was just yeah. me and my mom waiting yeah um that happened to me yeah i know what you mean i know i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that that was obviously like un it, it was unmotivating for me and there's moments where i was like you know what just let's just forget it like yeah. well maybe in the long run when I'm older um but no like something in both of us I think just us both believing in this made us continue and made us like right. fight which that honestly becomes still like a problem with parents yeah. and we understand that other with par parents have like their own circumstances Schedule, yeah. schedules but it's hard for them I feel like it's hard to continue that mm -hmm. empowerment towards like culture yeah. in their daughters because there's moments when I know like you a mom a mom or a parent can may feel like no like my daughter should be like studying right now not mm -hmm. learning about their roots but that goes into play a lot oh yeah it does. definitely yeah. um empowerment too that has helped me a lot while at Berkeley and while at an institution like mm -hmm. that just remembering where you came from and it's just that like continuing to 
keep telling the parents how important these lessons are and yeah. keep fueling that. To embrace um, them, right? Because it is part of them. Yeah. In order for them to keep studying, they have to be motivated to study. They yeah. have to say, what is this good for? Yeah. And, yeah. and why is it important? Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. As you're saying that it takes me personally because I'm the first generation to graduate from a university. So the, what motivated me as a Chicana was always remembering my grandmother and my ancestors. They did something that worked to be able for me to be here. Mm -hmm. But I know that what I'm doing is an, I'm honoring them by um, educating myself to inspire those younger generations in my family and in my community so that they know that, you know, like, wait a minute, we can too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, obviously, I, I personally, and I think you guys are, we didn't, we weren't raised to be racist, right? Like, oh, but I would always hear, see, los güeros salen más adelante, you know? And I was yeah. kind of like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Well, and then that's when education started coming in. And my part, and I think that's what you also both experienced as well, we start learning when we start implementing all this knowledge, and we start sharing it with others. It's not just going to school and just doing the work. No, there's a reason for everything, right? Everything. So that's really, really nice. Um, and I, I hear you. So uh, I think right now our, our biggest challenge also is um, lack of funding and volunteers. Mm -hmm. And, and um, because we don't have a stable space and we're rotating depending on whoever gives us permission on wherever there is space available for our sessions mm -hmm. then then we just hold our sessions that's why we can't anticipate a lot of things because we have to wait on response yes you can use the space no you can't use the yeah. space that's very challenging and the space we have now at usc has a, a limited capacity of oh. 34 oh, okay. so it's, it's very small, small. And um, if we had a bigger space, a, sta a stable space, and, um, and more volunteers, we can get more girls yeah. to take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. Because it is free, and um, you know, more girls need to be empowered as much, yeah. as, as, much as possible. You know? yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's one of our biggest challenges. We're definitely always looking for a stable space. Okay, um, and in what locations? are you looking for specifically we have we right now we're at south la um but we can look in south la boyle heights um where else anywhere in okay. the west side with because we're okay. in mid because we're right in the middle of like almost we're in downtown la yeah. close to so it's mm -hmm. kind of like in the middle of whatever directions we can head to okay okay that's that's good to know um and those challenges have been obviously extremely like seem like barriers but they haven't stopped you mm. right that's pretty much overall what you're saying like, yeah they're not stopping us yeah we we good. just have to keep going like um right now due to that and mm -hmm. due to there's like 20 20 girls we have 26 girls in okay. the program right now um, which are uh, ages 5 to 11, but then we have a teen volunteer as well. And then we have, um, we just recently filed for nonprofit status Good. just so, so we can possibly get more funding and, yeah. and get a, finally a stable place. And, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you will get. Yes, <laughs> that yes. That you will get. Yes, yes, and... <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, it's not stopping us. We good. We haven't stopped, and she went to. She's at Berkeley, and mm -hmm. when and so I told her, don't worry, we're not gonna stop Girasoles. Like so many people need this, and and um, especially with the situation we're going now, we need to stick together and help our community. Yeah. In exactly. any way we can. So um, I just told her like I'll take over while you're at Berkeley, and she handles at Berkeley like the. The networking, the emails with the organizations, okay. and so that's what she does right now. I'm the the hands-on yeah. here while she's at Berkeley. Right now, we're both doing everything yeah. um, here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some, there's about I think six six parents that decided to join us as okay. staff. 
Okay. Uh, and of course, everybody's volunteer. Nobody gets paid. Yeah. So that's a blessing because they said, oh, we want to help you guys. And that's a blessing because we have 26 girls. We definitely need all the help that I could get. And these yeah. parents recently joined us this summer. So we're yeah. excited to see how we can all collaborate and work together. Good, good. And I think as you're saying that, you know, you're highlighting all the positives. So share more of that share more of the positives of that like you're saying there's a lot of volunteers now so with the volunteers what do they do specifically so we have um one that has been with us for like two years now has been my sister-in-law okay. uh she's a credentialed teacher so there's validity in the program with that that so she's a credentialed teacher she volunteers her time um and so the thing is that she lives like in the valley so sometimes she cannot make it all the time. Yeah. Um, so um, then we have six, six, uh, the six moms that decided to be a part of this, but two of them are teachers. Mm. So that helps. They're not credentialed. I think one is a preschool teacher and one is like a middle school teacher, but they, they all have degrees. Good. So that helps immensely yeah. with just, you know, being on the same level as like education so important for our youth right now mm -hmm. and then we put in the empowerment part um we feel it's important to get them at the young age right before they reach middle school because that's when it starts getting a little yeah challenging for both girls and boys you know yeah. and so um i'm a, i have an aa in child development as well mm -hmm. so that's that's where I can put into practice Good. what I have learned yeah. to just plant that seed at a young age, then everybody has something to bring to the table. That's good. Right? Like, yeah. for example, there's things that I'm not familiar with and we have um, just different, the different volunteer uh -huh. parents that are that like, they bring in. that they bring in and, and different ideas and perspectives and that helps a lot. That's good. Yeah, and as far as we have um, two volunteers that stick with us. One mm -hmm. of them's in middle school. One of them just graduated high school. So it's just that, like having both perspectives. Like people working with us are also different. I'll have different personalities. And, oh yeah. Yeah, and it helps because we could tailor to each girl. Yeah. You know, because like not everyone learns the same exactly so it helps us tailor to each of the girls needs and the way like they are understanding yeah. them so i think that's a huge like positive that's thing good that. and and the parents the, do they participate in some of the activities um or they're just more like they drop off and it's like here's my daughter and empower her i'll be back <laughs> yeah yeah um they just drop them off and pick them up but we do have like a little private a form of communication through an app oh, called okay. Blooms. Okay. And so we're right there communicating with the parents of every activity, and then they always give us their feedback. Some of them do, some of them don't. Okay. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, any feedback helps. Yeah. And uh, we also have a private closed group on Facebook where we, it's our form of communication with okay. the parents. Um, there are some parents that say that tells us like I don't know how to use that like I don't have any of that yo no entiendo yeah. they just speak Spanish so we help with that we have Good. some parents that that um that are under very special circumstances yeah. that they cannot bring their kids to the program and transportation so transportation like so we go we we have helped picked up the kids drop off the kids when we no. can it's yeah. it's it's kind of challenging when we have to do that yeah but we you know you try your best we try our best because we know how important it is for their daughter to be there and yeah. and how they feel like bad that they can't drop them off or yeah and they probably look forward want to go but then they see the situation yeah so the parents and then we we give a feed uh what do you call that? Like a feedback, feedback thing, form. feedback form. Okay. Um, at the at the beginning of the, what would you like to see or what would you like to add? And oh, okay. Stuff like that with the parents. after, just progress. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. And I did see that you guys went to an event, Dolores Huerta. So you want to share that experience, I guess? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we went to. She was awarded by Council Member Huizar. Mm-hmm. Um. 
an intersection in Boyle Heights. They named it Dolores Huerta Square. Mm. So we basically went to go see the unveiling of that. Nice. Um, which was amazing just to hear her speak in general. Yeah. Um, she's an amazing person. and Yeah, um, we got a photo with her. We had to wait till the end, but it was completely worth it. Yeah. Um, and like three of our girls came. Um, so they all had their shirts. So we were all repping like Girasoles and Marcha. Yeah. Um, we ended up even like talking to her daughters and mm-hmm. getting them to know the program and asking them questions, just like conversation. They have more experience on yeah. grassroots, so yeah, yeah. So just Any, getting advice. And yeah, they they were so awesome and, oh. and and wonderful with us and so welcoming. We were right there with in their booth with them. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. that's yeah. so nice. I usually do a lot of activity like out community like. Um, I guess field trips, you can say. Yeah, when we when we see of opportunities like where they can be empowered, like when the Dolores Huerta movie came out, we also like told the parents about it. So this this isn't the first time Celeste and her little sister meet Dolores Huerta. This is actually the second time because we went to the Dolores Huerta when the movie came out and it was a Q&A so Dolores oh, Huerta wow, was there cool. so Carlos Santana was there Benjamin Bratt so we met them all nice. um, I have a history with Dolores Huerta yeah when um, I was in college in the Chicano studies mm-hmm. um, before I transferred I was I don't know I guess I've always had an activist heart like I was doing activism for the women of Juarez being assassinated in oh, Juarez. Yeah. And I was in that movement, like like Good. just, you know, writing letters and doing activism. So on one of the events, Dolores Huerta showed up. The press conference showed up and all. And I had an opportunity to talk to Dolores Huerta. And, and we had a conversation that day. This was like in 2005, something like that. Well, back, and, yeah. and so I was telling her about being a single mother and the challenges and trying to go back to school and she's like I'm a single mother too and I was telling her about like you know it's hard and and you know my daughter Celeste and so like that's my firstborn daughter's name too oh my god so it was like amazing (laughs) we had that in common and and even yesterday when she hugged her she she they both like she got emotional she said my daughter's name is celeste too oh, like wow. you dolores huerta so wow um i talked talked to celeste about dolores huerta mm-hmm. and everything she has done for the united farm workers and not only that but other mm-hmm. other issues and and that kind of also you know, she she had always looked up to Dolores Huerta way before Girasoles because I had explained to her. Oh, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, so. No, but now we wanted the rest of the girls to know because yeah. we could have just been like, okay, you know, well, we know about her. We're good, you know, yeah. but we told them about the movie. We Unfortunately, people had plans, so like. Only a few could attend. Yeah, oh. but, okay. you know, in the, yeah. just this, it, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. That's so nice. For them to see that. Yeah, because they'll always, always remember that in their life, right? Like, oh my God, like that was awesome. And they're going to start seeing and hearing about her. They can say with so much proudness, like, I met her, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I met her. I heard her speak because, yeah. oh my gosh, Solaris Huerta is 89 years old. Oh, wow. And she was speaking like she was full of fire, <laughs> like, like a, she's a dragon, like, yeah. She was speaking like with such passion about like we have to continue, you know, fighting for 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 um our people, our the kids and immigrate, you know, that are in cages and the yeah. whole immigration thing going on right yeah. now. She was just starting a movement. I'm like, oh my gosh, this lady's unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> Think of it. <laughs> that is so nice that you guys were able to do that and and as he, I hear you speak, I feel it too, yeah, you know, that heart, that you have, the activist heart that you have. So thank you for sharing the, the challenges and the pod, positives of Girasoles. Now, um, how can the girls enroll? How can um, they enroll? So right now we have a waiting list, but um, we are always updating the waiting list and accepting new girls. And definitely once we file, once we get a notification from nonprofit status, okay. 
we'll start moving forward with that. Um, but there is a form on our website um, anybody could go to to add their daughter to the waiting list. What is the website? Um, www.hirasolosinmarcha.com Okay, perfect. And they can just go in there and put themselves on the waiting yeah. list. Okay, okay. And it's free. Let's re highlight free. that. But also, I know you guys welcome a lot of donations too. Like, what kind of donations is it that you guys are in need or that you would appreciate? Just, like, we'll take it. <laughs> so, right now, we... Um, we we put a GoFundMe page for a summer program, okay. which we met the goal. Good. Um, half of the donation was donated by actress Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nice. So that was also something unexpected because one day, like she followed us. We don't even we didn't reach out to her. She just followed us one day, and I don't like she came to. Sp we asked her if she wanted to come speak to the girls what it is to be a Latina mm -hmm. in the industry yeah. and um, and she said yes of course so she came and we were like I was like okay that was so easy you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, but she came and, and I asked her, how did you find out about us? Because yeah. she just started following us and she said, oh, I found it through some activist. Oh, I found you guys through them and then I checked you guys out and, you know. Yeah. And she's been with us ever since. Nice. Like she's so She said she's, she communicates with us often and she took the girls. She came out in the new Lego movie, mm. um, uh, the voice of uh, one of the characters mm -hmm. she took all the girls she paid all the girls she took all the girls wow. to see the movie with her and that's amazing yeah and so of course we're not expecting anything more for her because we yeah. feel she's already done way too much for yeah. girasoles so when we saw it says you met goal i'm like what like we just had like half <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden we met goal and we just noticed that she just donated oh, wow so you know, thanks to that, like the summer program is covered. Yeah. Um, and then we had some wonderful um, sponsors that donated items to be raffled so other people oh, could donate. Right. So, nice. so uh, Con Todo Press was one of them, Slime Vida was one of them. Um, who else was? I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, I know um, Andrea's Kitchen. Okay. Uh, she, she's um, donating a workshop. So that that's pretty amazing. Um, Siempre Viva. Siempre Viva dolls. Mm, she oh, don't, those are yeah, yeah, her dolls are amazing. So so that was a blessing. So she donated one of her dolls. So those people yeah. donated okay. uh, and that helped. Well, they donated items, Siempre Viva, Slime Vida, and, mm -hmm. and Con Todo Press to raffle. And that kind of, you know that help people donate so it's also it's like an incentive yeah um and the healthy andrea's healthy kitchen mm -hmm. she's donating a workshop which the girls are going to attend uh mm -hmm. to on juicing and all oh, that stuff wow. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's something kids don't like but eventually hopefully they get inspired <laughs> yeah yeah so so but we have a gofundme even though it says we met goal but we met goal for summer People can still donate at the GoFundMe because the money's gonna, whatever money we get from it will help us continue the summer program yeah. beyond summer. Yeah. So I and guess explain to them what the summer program looks like. Is, is it too late to enroll for that? Oh, you, there's a waiting um, list, you said. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, yes. It is too late to enroll for the summer program. Yeah. Uh, we maxed out quickly. Okay. Um, it's six weeks of health wellness for for girls mm -hmm. so the first week was an intro to health wellness but in an in, in indigenous perspective holistic Love it. how we showed them how back in the days no medicine no doctors nothing yeah. how would they how were they going to heal with themselves uh we taught them about las hierbas mm -hmm. that they were using epazote ruda you know yeah. and um we were teaching them about um our ancestors like las parteras like oh, yes. they were learning about like curarse de susto oh el huevo <laughs> yeah like yeah. you know just kind of like for them to have an idea how was it yeah you know back then you know and so it was like a little intro to to that and then they had yoga 
um, mm. each the summer pro due to the funding each girl we were able to pay someone uh, to come to, to come um, mm. and teach yoga and to the girls um, she's a Zapotec yogi mm. Rosalinda Mesa is her name and each girl got a mat a oh. yoga mat due to the funding so they can continue that habit of yoga you know oh. yoga is not really common in Latinos yeah, la Latino so. community <laughs> So that they could continue that throughout their lives. Yeah. Like we already kind of like planted that seed that, Good hey, life. this is an option. This is an alternative. Yeah. So, um, and then after that, we're going to have just off of the top of the head with other workshops. We, menstrual power. We have okay. That. But that's only for our older girls. Um, our little girls will be learning about like flowers and yeah. like the, how that, how flowers could help heal. Oh, by nice. sniffing um but yeah that was going to be kind of like separated okay but the older girls will be learning about like menstruation and kind of an introduction to that good knowing that they're about to enter middle school and yeah. that's around the time yeah because yeah. there's a lot of young girls even now i mean there's a lot of parents who have shame and talking to them about the period yeah. about sex and yeah things like that. so that one is for the ages 9 to 14 the the menstruation and it talks about the beauty of menstruation the yeah. cycles the the mood swings yeah. how it's part of our our just our life yeah. and our in our bi biology but in a positive light because yeah. menstruation is like seen in a negative yeah. uh, and embarrassing like you just said, and also kind of like, oh, like she must be on her period. Like she isn't like, so yeah. it's kind of just changing that, shifting that whole that perspective. Yeah. So when they get to it, they're not going to feel that shame. That shame. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So then for the younger girls, like Celeste said, we have the aromatherapy, how flowers awaken all the senses, mm -hmm. how flowers can heal. Mm -hmm. And that one is going to be done by Madre Florals. Um, and she's working with the girls ages five to uh, eight. And okay. the menstruation one is going to be done by Saludable Latina. Okay. And she's coming nice. from San Diego to do that workshop oh, wow. with the girls. That's so nice of her. Yeah. So, so we have those workshops and we have another workshop where they're going to learn how to do snacks, like snacks. It's like a cooking class, but okay. with snacks using in like herbs, hierbas mm -hmm. and fruta, like natural that's gonna that workshop is gonna be done by raw love by may my daily mm. yeah so um and then the healthy um andrea's healthy juices is okay. gonna do another one so yeah we oh, have our be so fun for them <laughs> the one that they don't want to leave <laughs> yeah I'm like i want to join <laughs> i know people are saying is this only for kids <laughs> can i go too <laughs> Yeah, so we're excited. We're obviously um, some of the workshop hosts are like uh, they're nervous because yeah. they're used to doing these workshops for adults, but not for kids. Yeah. So they're like, how do how are we gonna do them? So to keep them engaged. Huh? Yeah. So that's when um, where I come in and Vanessa, the credential teacher, mm -hmm. we come in and we help them tailor the workshop and do the lesson plan okay. that can be for younger at girls their at their levels at their attention span yes. um, because they will tell you straight out the the hardest group you can work with is kids they'll tell you this is boring i don't want to <laughs> do this like or they'll <laughs> yawn in your face or or, or yeah so you really have to be on your toes when you work with kids yeah and i love it because yeah. because they're they will be as honest blunt they're like boom yeah this is how it is. and so so they can teach you so much yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah. okay so now tell us about what helped you with your self-esteem growing up knowing all this knowledge i mean that you grew up hearing from your grandmother and your mom and then also adding to that is like, what have you seen is needed to help these young girls with their self-esteem? I think a huge one um, that every parent should apply, even though like it might not be normal in some traditions, but it's just having an open communication with my mom. That was huge for me on all, like, all topics. It gave me the security to go and talk to her with whatever was wrong and ask her questions about this and that and 
knowing her perspective um that was huge for me that was that helped me a lot personally and but i think it's universal just having that open communication with your parents yeah um would you feel comfortable and your mom opened that door for you to be able to say like okay i i feel so comfortable i can ask her anything yeah definitely um a huge one also is i guess like what helped me is appreciating of where i was where i came from appreciating my latino culture Mm -hmm. the fact that my grandma was Zapotec from Oaxaca, but still came to the United States just learning learning yeah. her native tongue. Wow, barely so any Spanish. Like, I can't find myself versing. I'm a weirdo and that. You know what I mean? Like it's just oh my god, not yeah. knowing those to them. Yeah, nothing. It's appreciating that strength, that like guts to come up to come here and like start a new life. Seeing that, seeing their hard work, and it's like you your ancestors came here like what it's you're in a position now where you were born here to girls that are like new generations um you have to it's i say it's like a necessity for you to do something with your life and for you to be out there and and like create a whole new change for your family exactly um but i know like how that that generational migration with with our families comes with a lot of like self-doubt uncomfortableness trauma yeah like even with our grandparents who feel sometimes like inferior to being in white spaces that carries on Mm -hmm. even to even there's moments when i felt it growing up with my grandma we would be on the bus all the time and she would be cleaning houses in beverly hills and just like her walking fast like those little ticks yeah you know and it carries it carries like to generation generation annoying that you have to be uncomfortable in order to change. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me, while at Berkeley, just knowing my history, knowing my mom, and being like being able to communicate with her, and seeing these things, seeing my 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 culture, um, it has helped me a lot manage um, white spaces, especially at Berkeley, which is majority white. Yeah. Um, knowing when to speak up when to know it's not worth it, when to basically just see the difference, see the privilege, and see, if anything, like, yeah, some, there's moments when it's just, I'm, like, hearing people, these people say stuff, and I'm just like, it's not even worth it. Yeah. If anything, it empowers me more yeah. to continue something, to continue something out of myself, to reach new heights. Good. So that definitely, like, I think will serves my self-esteem for me because... Good. It has helped me manage like difficult spaces and yeah. creating a community too. You know, knowing that you can't do it alone. Yeah, you're right. There's many stu- like I've met many students, many friends of mine who feel that you're more stronger by yourself if you get it done by yourself. But I've learned that to yeah. be very wrong. It just be like one spot, and it's like you want if you want to make something big, right? Yeah. Good. And as you're saying that, it takes me how like you're sharing that you have this. Um, relationship with your mom and you're able to have that like door open to be like I can ask her anything and I think the space that you guys are creating um, there's a lot of young girls who don't have a relationship with their mother it's toxic or they're just like absent or even if they're absent either way they're still not in positive you know not they're not present with them and then and that interferes so it sounds like you guys are giving them that planting the seed to be able to think outside the box because there's a lot of young girls who just think well I might just I'm gonna end up like my mom I'm just yeah. gonna be like her and if their mom's not so I don't I don't know what word to use productive successful whatever I mean success can be defined in many different ways so then they start just gravitating to that because that's all they know but now you're opening this space to give them that seed of like self-esteem. You can start somewhere and this is where you can start it. If it's this workshop that inspired you, great. If it didn't, maybe the next one, right? Yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's planting that like seed in them definitely, like you said, and giving them opportunities to have mentors mm-hmm. and get having a mentors. Yeah. Just having a person older than you like that will teach you respect because I have gotten a lot that from even family members that my my reason for success like my like my, where I am right now is because my mom knows English um, which I even know people who have undocumented parents yeah. who know no no English but mm-hmm. yet are farther than me you know and it's that like it's not it's not about like 
what where your families are right now career wise success wise it's knowing like Mm -hmm. what you need to do to gain there to get those resources to talk to people to talk to your teachers talk maybe like an older sibling or your best friend like anyone you know the ganas it really does yeah yeah that's so true yeah yeah good good and mom what about for you like what message do you have for the moms uh, with young girls. I th- I'm, I'm just going to tie it with what we just talked about, the ganas. Uh, growing up, I did a lot of uh, things because I just wanted to please my mom or because I was told you need to do it. I think um, that taught me like to give Celeste that uh, accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, every time she would do something, she goes, look, mom, I got an A. Like, are you proud? I said, it's your grade. Are you proud? Good. you know and and so you earned it so when she, that be, then it then they get control of their life mm-hmm. and that gives self-esteem it's that accountability so I would communicate with her um, focus more on their strengths um, point out their strengths uh, growing up you know my mom only went to sixth grade my parents both only to sixth grade so they you know, they, they also didn't know better, and it was more on the negative things, the focus. Like, why didn't you do this? Look at so-and-so. So one of my major things is do not compare your child to anybody, Mm-mm. you know, whether it's for good or whether it's for bad. And what I mean, some parents are like, oh, look, my daughter's doing this, and so-and-so's not doing so good, or, or my son's doing, doing all these great things and putting them on a pedestal, or the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that could kind of like hinder in both situations if, if you're putting your child like you know in, up in a pedestal then they're just might not even try as hard because yeah. they're thinking they're already really good yeah or if, so if or if you're putting them down they might not even try well for yeah. you know so just just let them know that that hard work is the only way to succeed mm-hmm. asking for help like celeste said is very important Sometimes I tell Celeste, if there's something you don't want to talk to me about, talk to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your counselor, but not your peer, because they're also going to that stage that they don't know what's going on. Yeah. So talk to someone experienced, but talk to someone. You know, if, if there's something that you don't, you feel like, oh, I don't want to tell you mom or whatever, but yeah. talk to someone. I would always tell her that. So Good. that communication, um, constant love giving them like giving your child that one-to-one time i know everybody's busy everybody's trying like especially in this country it's like two three jobs you know but like let's say a 10 minute walk just you and your daughter you and your son you know Mm -hmm. um that one-to-one to to point out their strength and to 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 remind them you love them because you know we know we love them with all our hearts and yeah. we do anything for our kids but sometimes especially at the teenage years they need to hear it yeah a lot it's not just aquí te compré los tenis aquí te compré la comida and and they don't like silent love yeah or, right? or it's not it's well i do all this because i love you it, it's different than, it than than a hug than saying i love you and just hugging them and kissing them exactly. so they need that affection that love um they need that communication, consistent, 10-minute um, walk, just one-on-one. Some people have numerous kids, so give each one a time. Because when you're like, it's kind of hard. Cutter, yeah. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Whoever got the... So yeah. I think that's very important for moms that I have noticed from my experience, from from you know from what I've seen, because I wor- I've worked in, in the school district for 13 years. Yeah. So I see the lacks, the the here and there so I think that's very important um the comparisons you know just you're on your own path because uh for example my youngest one she's very brilliant in her school and and you know then she was starting to get a little cocky and comparing herself with so-and-so can do this like I can and I go well so-and-so probably doesn't have the resource you have yeah all kids have potential but not all have the resources Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have a mom that has all these resources at home to teach you and tutor you, but not all kids. So we cannot think of other kids as less than us ever mm-hmm. or more than us because they probably have the money for extra tutoring. Yeah. So you just focus on your path. 
So it's yeah. like like that, like not not comparing your children, consistent communication, one-on-one time, and accountability. Because in order for them to have self-esteem, you need to they need to know that they can. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday, uh, Dolores Huerta said something that was like, that's so cool. She, 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 she said, when she was referring to this lady as an icon, mm-hmm. she said, um, I don't like the word icon. I like the word I can. She's oh, an yeah. I can type yeah. of person. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah said, <laughs> she said, so, so I'm going to quote her on. It's not from me. It's from Dolores yeah. Huerta. <laughs> so she, you know, being an I, teaching them to be an I can. Yes, instead of an icon. Yeah. T- type of person so that accountability they'll that, that builds up their self-esteem like mm-hmm. like they're not doing it to please you or they're not doing it because they want to get a reward because something like the kids are like well what am I going to get if I do this oh yes yeah <laughs> so the self-esteem is more like I'm doing this oh well, I can do this and mm-hmm. not expecting anything because not like you know if you raise them that way life is not always going to give them a reward for doing something great yeah yeah. So self gratification. So, yes. Right? Yeah. Just you're doing it because you can and because you're smart. You're able. And, yeah. And um, and just most important as parents is 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 just being aware of of our children's friends and surroundings and yeah, influences. And, yeah, influences and um, studying their body language is so important because sometimes kids have things they won't tell us, but their language, body language, will tell us so much. Yeah. And will reveal that something's different because mm-hmm. they're acting different. So then that's when we can talk to yeah. them and be, be model of uh, us as parents, being models of what does self-esteem look like, mm-hmm. you know? And um, not saying like to like, oh, like I don't like my hair or I don't like this yeah. or just being an I can person ourselves so our mm-hmm. kids can learn that and just reminding them that whatever's go they're going through physically mm-hmm. or emotionally is ever changing it's not permanent cuz even our bodies yeah. is not going to look like this forever forever <laughs> yeah. even if we're going through difficult times mm-hmm. right now we're not going to go through diffi- just reminding them that Every everything is ever changing yeah. nothing is permanent everything is temporary yeah. you know you're and so for when they know that they're not going to be stuck in that state that they feel like this is permanent. Yeah. This is going to be my situation forever. It's pasajero, right? Yeah. Because that really is true. Mm-hmm. Everything in life, even if you're having the time of your life and you yeah. have the best body ever, yeah. that doesn't mean yeah. like five years from now you have to work at everything. Exactly. And so, you know, Celeste, Celeste unfortunately had, and that's very important to, to teach, to remind your kids of that because mm-hmm. Celeste, when she was um, in her last year, mm-hmm. her senior year, and like start tr- about to start college, two of her close friends committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really difficult for her, um, but they were in that state that they thought that, and this was like 18 year olds. So it wasn't even like, yeah. you know, they, they were in that state thinking like, this is permanent, this is my life. Yeah. And it's not, and there's hope, and but yeah. it, you know, it just starts from consistency. Consistency is so important. That's yeah. the message I would definitely like. I know, I know, I said a lot of things, no, but it's okay. it's but, but consistency is so important. Yeah. Um, being present, observing your children's body language, yeah. and 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 just you know keeping motivating them, but making sure that you know they're accountable. Exactly. They have a responsibility. For their future and mm. for their community and, you know, for whatever they can leave yeah. to the next generation. Yeah, their legacy, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're planting a seed. Like, you're planting a seed with them and then so forth. Then it's like a branch, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Hopefully, yes, yes. Yeah. That's, that's the, the goal. Yeah. Well, that's great. And it was an honor to have you in this podcast. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Oh, Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here yeah. and sharing space with you. And oh, likewise. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to ask them. <laughs> like, it's so awesome. I love adolescents. I love young kids. I mean, I love kids. And when I saw that, I went to your website. I'm like, oh my God, this is 
fucking awesome. Oh, like, thank you. It thank is so you. awesome. So kudos to you. I wish you the best in everything that that you do from here on. You guys will always have my support, of course. It's not the last time you're going to see oh, me. Yay, yay. Thank you <laughs> for being a part of this. Thank oh, you. you're very thank welcome. You. It's an honor. But um, thank you, Chicana Moms, for listening. Um, just remember that if you want more information, go on the website. And I will actually put more of their info on my website at chicanamoms.com and on Instagram. So thank you. Just remember you are loved and you are worthy. Adios. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Chicana Moms Podcast, Chicana Health Coach, and La Chicana Therapist. Please leave your feedback. I would love to hear from you. Rate us on iTunes, an Anchor, or SoundCloud, or anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Adios. <laughs>